Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones to share another quiet talk with you. Sunday was Easter. The church where I pastor follows a lectionary for our Bible readings. In case you're not aware, a lectionary is a schedule of lessons from Scripture for each week. When it comes to Easter, there are a set of readings for an early service, the principal service, and an evening service if you have one. I don't know many churches that have Sunday evening services anymore. When I was a kid, we had Sunday night services. I remember when Gone with the Wind was first broadcast on television. It came on on a Sunday night. Our attendance was down quite a bit that week, and boy, did we ever hear about it from the pulpit on the next Sunday morning. In case you're wondering, just for the record, I was in church that Sunday night. Didn't care much about Gone with the Wind. But back to the subject. Our lectionary has the same reading every year for that Sunday evening service, which we never have. The reading is Luke 24, 13-34, the story of the two disciples meeting Jesus on the road to Emmaus. I'm always kind of sad about that because I love that story. Who knows, maybe I'll break form and preach about it this coming Sunday, even though there's a different reading in the lectionary. Sometimes I'm kind of a radical like that. Most of you know of this event in Luke 24. It is the first day of the week, the day we now call Easter Sunday. Two of Jesus's disciples are walking from Jerusalem to the village of Emmaus, a journey of about seven miles. Obviously, the topic of their conversation is the crucifixion of Jesus. What else would they be discussing? No doubt their hearts were very heavy. As they walk, a stranger comes alongside of them. Of course, we know it's Jesus, but they didn't. The Bible says, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Now, I think here the implication is that God temporarily kept them from recognizing Jesus. We'll see in a minute how that features in the story here, but I can't help but be struck by that statement that their eyes were restrained and they didn't recognize Jesus. How often our eyes are restrained from seeing what God's doing. Paul prayed for the Ephesians that the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened so they could see all that God had for them. Let's pray this prayer for ourselves as well. If Jesus had walked up to these two disciples and said, hey, it's me, Jesus, they would never have said the things they said in this passage of Scripture. Their reaction would have been different. But yet, even as a stranger to their eyes, Jesus immediately engages them. He begins with this amazing question. What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Let that sink in for a minute. He knew exactly what they were talking about. He was what they were talking about. He had been their hope that was dashed there on Golgotha. So they say, sort of in surprise, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which 
happened there in these days? Again, an amazing reply from Christ. What things? In his great love, Jesus gives these sad disciples the opportunity to pour out their hearts to him. They do this not knowing that it is the Lord Jesus to whom they are pouring out their hearts. Friend, you may be alone at this moment as you listen, but in your heart, perhaps you are recalling to yourself your disappointments, your apparently misplaced trust, your dashed hopes. Silently, your heart is calling out to the darkness. You may feel alone, but you are not alone. Jesus is listening to your sorrow, even if you don't realize he's with you. He hears your cry of pain, even if you think nobody cares. Years ago, when I was a teenager, I went with my dad to visit a man from our church. This man had once been filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit, had worshiped with exuberance in our services, but something happened. He told us that he didn't feel those things anymore, that God had left him. He said, I know the Bible says God doesn't leave us, but he left me. Do you feel this way today? Listen to these disciples on the road tell the stranger what they were talking about. They answered him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. We were hoping. What poignant words. Have you had hopes that were dashed, that seemed to be in vain? That's the way these two men felt. All of us have hoped for things that didn't come to pass. All of us have had our hopes dashed. Nothing feels worse than this. I've seen people who prayed for the healing of a sick loved one have to attend a funeral instead. Hopes dashed. So they pour out their despair to this stranger. And this is why Jesus approached them incognito, as it were. He didn't allow them to recognize him. He did it because they needed to pour their hearts out to God. Psalm 62.8 says, Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us. Is your heart full today? Is it full of sadness, despair, disappointment? Pour it out to God. He invites you to do this. He's not too busy to listen to your cry, to your dashed hopes. Like an old song I know says, no one understands like Jesus. Then these disciples go on to say, yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him 
they did not see. Jesus answers, answers them, why are you so slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have said? Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. What must they have thought at that moment of this stranger who had such a grasp of the scriptures? They were no doubt amazed. So they reached their destination and were told that Jesus made as if he would go further, but they implored him to come in and stay with them. No doubt they wanted to hear more. So they sat down to eat and Jesus took the bread in his hands as he had so many times before. He blessed it and gave it to them and suddenly they recognized him, but he instantly vanished from their sight. They ran back to Jerusalem then to tell everybody they'd seen Jesus. And then comes my favorite part. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us? while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures. Friend, I'm sure there's something each of us is hoping for. Maybe your hopes have been dashed. I just want to say to you today that your hope is right in front of you. It's not an event or a circumstance. It is a person. The Lord Jesus Christ, he is your hope. Pour out your heart to him today. He will hear you and he will answer. Jesus, I thank you that you're always with us. You're always listening. Even when we feel like you're not around, Lord, you're there and you hear our cry. You hear our sad uh, expressions of what we believe are our dashed hopes. But Jesus, help my listeners today to know indeed that you are our hope. In Jesus' name, amen. My friend, we're trying to spread this hope of Jesus in the uh, capital region of New York State, specifically right now in Schenectady, New York. We meet our church called Bread of Life Anglican Church. meets every Sunday at 10 o'clock at the American Legion Hall at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. If you're in that area, if you don't have a church home, we would love to meet you. As always, you can reach me by email at Father. Dot Dan Jones at Outlook.com. May God bless you.